chapter 10. I was just thinking about this verse uh, today. Uh, and uh, it says, um, and I know we know this verse in verse 8. It says, but what saith, what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Um, and I like uh, how Paul phrased that the word of faith is in our hearts. Uh, and, you know, I, I remember uh, it hasn't been awful that long ago that someone stood up in a pulpit and said, the word of faith message is now done. Right? It's no over. And I think that's funny because Paul said that it's in our hearts. Right. So if that's done, why did Paul bother saying that? Right. Mm-hmm. No, the word of faith is in our hearts. Amen. Uh, and uh, the word of faith message should be still preached from the churches. Amen. Uh, and the thing about faith that's that's that I love about faith is faith allows us to conquer anything in our lives. Amen. You know, the lady the last couple of days was talking about all the trauma that, that people go through. And it's terrible. You know, the, the things that kids go through, things that people go through. Uh, and, um, you know, I didn't go through a lot of those things. But, you know, I was an orphan. When I was 15 and we grew up without anything. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of drama in our household about alcoholism and different things. Uh, but I, I look back on my life and none of those things define who I am. You know, they're all things that happen to me, but they don't define who I am because the word of faith that's in my heart, it defines who I am. And it defines me as being a child of the living God. And I don't have scars and wounds and, and emotional uh, damage. And, uh, and I hear a lot of those psychological terms uh, thrown around in the church a lot. But, the, but Jesus said that he, in Luke chapter four, he said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. Amen. And that's one of the ministries of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and if you think about it, if Jesus actually healed a brokenhearted person, how many scars would that person have? How many wounds would that person have? How much history would they, you know, uh, trauma would they still endure if he really did heal them? Well, he said he came to do that. Uh, and I think if he did it, he would be pretty good at it, don't you? Uh, and so, you know, a lot of times we kind of pull in a lot of the world's psychological mentality of things about how I'm, I'm a broken person and I've got to stay a broken person, you know. And even, you know, things like uh, AA, which has probably helped uh, tons of people, right? But even with AA, they stand up and they always say, I'm an alcoholic, as, as present tense right now. Uh, and, you know, I may have been an alcoholic. Uh, I was never an alcoholic, but, you know, uh, but I know plenty of alcoholics. Uh, but uh, a person of faith, is, you know, I did that. But today I'm a child of the living God. Amen. Uh, and so, you know, in that, uh, in fact, uh, when we go through the Beatitudes, we're going to get to uh, the pure in heart. We're going to spend a little time talking about that because um, the Lord gave me some really uh, good revelation in that area. And that's related to the brokenhearted uh, people. And um, uh, and it helped me. You know, years ago, I had to find my path uh, through that. Uh, and um, uh, and I'm really hoping that it'll be a blessing to folks because it's been a blessing to me because I live with no scars and wounds. If you didn't know what I grew up with, you'd think, well, you've had it the easiest life in the whole world, right? And today I've got the easiest life in the whole world. But that's because of the word of faith, right? It's not because of, well, I'm this strong person, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's because of what Paul said here. The word of faith is in my heart. And I believe every day that God heals every single thing, both in the natural world uh, and in the spiritual world. Uh, he can help anybody, anytime become the, a great person they want to be. Amen. Because I look at the people here and I think every one of you are great people. Every one of you can be great Amazing people of faith. Amen. Nobody is limited by their past or their history or their words or their family or uh, trauma. Uh, Those things are terrible. They're real. They happen to people, but they don't have to define who you are. Amen. The word of faith in your heart can define who you are. Amen. Amen. And and because of that, I love the word of God. I love what the word teaches. I love that the word can make anybody a special person. Right. And not, uh, uh, you know, a lot of folks, they uh, we live next to railroad tracks and and it's just, you know, the worst thing in the world is you get there and the train just starts, right? Uh, you know, if it's ending, it's not a big boat. Tra- but that's a lot of people's lives right there. They've got this train and behind it got all this past, all this weights and all this baggage and all these hurts and wounds. And they're real, right? They're not, they're, we're not saying they're not real, but, but uh, the Lord doesn't need you and want you carrying all that stuff. Amen. There's no need for that. But, uh, you know, and that's the, that's the message of the church. The message of the world says, well, you're just going to have to work through that. It's going to take a while maybe years, maybe you never get over it all. Uh, that's not the healing of the brokenhearted that Jesus said, amen? When Jesus heals, it's 100% complete and total, amen? amen. Uh, and so uh, we thank him for that message, and, and, uh, uh, and I believe anybody can get there, amen? amen? Because the word of faith is in our hearts. And so let's stand and greet each other for just a minute, and then we'll get into praise and worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. 
Father, we thank you for goodness and mercy. We thank you, Father, that you are good. Father, you said in your word that every perfect and every good gift cometh down from the Father of lights. Father, if it's good and it's perfect, it comes from you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being so good to us and kind towards us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we just thank you and we give you all praise and honor for all the wonderful things you've done for us in Jesus' name. Well, is the Lord good? He's good. Amen. You know, I was thinking about that uh, first song. It says, uh, who I am. I kept saying who I am. It says, who I am is somebody loved by him. Amen. Uh, and I think that, you know, uh, you ever had somebody tell you who they think you are? You know, and it's a lot of things you can't repeat in, in, in a polite company, right? Uh, and I've had plenty of people say things like that to me. Uh, but as they're talking, you know, it's like I just quit hearing anything they say. And I think, yeah, but I'm loved by him. You know, you may not like me. You may call me all kinds of names and terrible things and say I'm a this or I'm a, I'm a that. But then my thoughts go, yeah, but I'm loved by him. You don't like me, but, but he loves me. But you don't like me, but, but he loves me. Amen. And so, um, you know, it's an easy way to overcome when people say unkind things to you. It's like, well, that, you may think that, but he loves me, you know. So uh, if I've got a way out him loving me or you not loving me, there's really not much comparison, amen, because uh, someone's love is fickle, right? It'll, it'll be here today and gone tomorrow. Uh, but who I am? Somebody loved by him, amen. Are you loved by him? Amen. You know, that should give you warm fuzzies all, all in your uh, heart right now, right? Just thinking about that, amen. Uh, and so praise God. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5. We'll continue there today. We've been talking about the, the Beatitudes. Um, and of course, that's not a biblical phrase. It's just what we call it. Uh, it's just the, the blessings, the nine blessings that the Lord is talking about here uh, in um, uh, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. So he starts here, the beginning of chapter five, goes through all through chapter five, all through chapter six, all through chapter seven. And so this is the longest uh, preaching message that was recorded by Jesus. I imagine it's not the longest preaching message because sometimes he preached to people for three days. Uh, that'd be a long time. Amen. Now, people was like, oh, it's getting close to 12 o'clock. Don't you think we need to be out there? Well, let's just stick around here till let's see, uh, all of Sunday, all of Monday, all of Tuesday. We'll let you out Tuesday night. Right. Um, and so and don't complain about it either. Right. Uh, and um, and so uh, and so Jesus covered a lot of things and, and uh, we'll see how it goes. We may go through a lot of things. The thing about the Sermon on the Mount, because uh, Jesus covered so much territory, there's a lot of things. Uh, in the ministry of Jesus, he was really in transition. Right. He's trying to get the people of the world of uh, the of the Jewish nation transitioning them into the New Testament. So there's some things that he covers in the uh, uh, in the uh, in the whole Sermon on the Mount that uh, we have to bring into light uh, things that Paul has talked about and things that happened after the cross. Uh, and so it might be helpful to go through that because a lot of times people will build doctrine on things that Jesus said that uh, you've got to make sure that you put it in the right context because some things that Jesus said like love thy neighbor well that's still in effect today right. But there's other things that may have been transitioned that uh, might be helpful to look at at some point in time. Uh, we're not there at that point at, the, at that point in time right now. We're still here in the Beatitudes. But uh, we we, uh, we got down to uh, the the uh, third one here where he said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, and um, of course, we talked about uh, that. There are there are two promises in every uh, Beatitude, right? The first promise is you're blessed which is a big word, right? It, it's all encompassing. It's a, it's a very uh, big word. If you go through, look at the, all the definitions about it, you can read page after page about what it means. And basically it just means you're blessed, right? I mean, in, in, in every area of your life, what area of your life are you not blessed at from the Lord? Spirit, soul, and body, right? Did he make a spirit, soul, and body, right? First Thessalonians 5.23 said that we're spirit, soul, and body. So the Lord made the spirit realm. He made the natural realm. Uh, he gave us uh, minds to, to have uh, in the soulless realm. So if he made all those realms, then where does he want to bless us in those same realms? Right. Um, we were in Bible study many years ago and we were talking about uh, something out of uh, Mark 11. About, you know, you speak to the mountain and it can be removed, be cast into the sea. And they said, well, that's only spiritual things. 
Well, first of all, it doesn't say just spiritual things, right? And, and anytime people say spiritual things that is only applying to the spirit realm, they're saying that because they don't want to believe that God wants to bless us in the natural realm. But God made the natural realm, so why wouldn't he want to bless us in the natural realm as well as the spirit realm? Amen. He wouldn't limit it to just one realm and then say, well, sorry, you're on your own in this other realm. That wouldn't make any sense. Would you do that? You know, if you were the creator of all things, would you go, yeah, I, I know I made that over there, but I ain't doing that over there. That's just for you, right? Uh, the Lord, he's not that way, right? He, if he created the natural realm, if he created the spirit realm, he wants to bless us in the natural realm. He wants to bless us in the spirit realm. Right? Amen. Did, did he put any constraints on here? Blessed are you only in the spirit realm if you're meek. He didn't put any constraints on it. So if he didn't put any constraints on it, why am I going to put constraints on it? Amen. So he said, you're blessed. So there's a promise. So the promise only comes if you're meek. Amen. It doesn't come just because we breathe air. It, become, it, it uh, comes when we obey the word. And so he said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So that's the second promise. So if you're meek, you get the, the uh, blessing of being blessed, which is pretty good. And then he specifically says they inherit the earth. And we talked last week a little bit about how uh, with Adam, there was never a transfer of ownership, right? The earth was always the Lord's. In fact, everywhere through the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, he says, he says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen. So everything that, the Lord, that you see belongs to the Lord. Amen. Uh, we're just here as uh, temporary tenants. But he said he's going to transfer ownership later on. And, and the nice thing is he's not going to uh, transfer ownership of a broken down earth. Right? We get a new heaven and a new earth, and then we get to inherit that. Amen. He's not going to say, well, he, here it is. Sorry, it's such a mess. You know, you ever had somebody give you something and it's all broken? Uh, it's like, well, thanks, I guess. Right. You know, and uh, here's a car. It doesn't work. Right. Uh, and um, yeah, thanks for that car that doesn't work. Right. Uh, and so uh, uh, it's not really a blessing if, it, if they give it to you and it doesn't work. It's it's more of a detriment. Now, you, now what are you going to do with a car that's not, that's not working, right? Uh, and so, uh, but he's going to give us a new heaven and a new earth. And then he's going to transfer ownership to the meek, amen? Uh, that's a pretty big deal because he never transferred it to Adam, right? Uh, and so we get something that even Adam didn't get, which is the, the earth. Uh, and we get a new earth, amen? He's going to wait till it's all brand new. And, and uh, we don't know what it's going to look like. But I mean, uh, I mean, the earth is pretty good, you know, except for the messes that, that we've made out of it in places. But pretty overall the earth is pretty good the way it is right i mean it's beautiful i love going to places and uh seeing things and see see all of creation uh and he's going to make it better so i don't know how he's going to make it better but it's whatever it is it's going to be better amen uh so blessed are the meek and so we talked about that and of the nine blessings here uh meekness is the only fruit of the spirit that he talks about right so we can go over to Galatians chapter five we look at the fruit of the spirit uh but the fruit of the spirit one of the fruits of the spirit is being meek and and so the word meek the best definition that I like is a quiet and teachable spirit. Uh, and so it's a fruit. So it's something that you don't strive to do directly. It's something that comes about because of some other action that you've done, because all fruit is a product of some prior action, right? Every, uh, every apple that you see on the tree is only there because the, the bees go and do its thing, right? Remember birds and the bees? We're not going to go through our high school biology class, but the, the bees come and do their thing. And then fruit is produced. But if the bees don't do their thing, there's never going to be any fruit, right? So there's, there's a fruit, uh, there's a fruit and, and a product of, of uh, some prior action. So meekness is, is a quiet and teachable spirit. Uh, and it's something that is of great value because the value of doing that is you get to inherit the earth. That's a pretty good deal, right? Uh, and you get to be blessed in every area of your life. Uh, and so we talked a little bit about uh, the, the, the purpose of meekness is in dealing with others. One of, the, one of the great values of being meek is being able to deal with other people. And, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, I'm always amazed in the church how quickly we can go to when somebody makes a mistake, how we quickly go to burn them, shoot them, and bury them in the backyard, right? Instead of, instead of uh, being patient and finding out what the Lord wants to do, you know, we've got all the list of things that, you know, well, they should have this, you know, they should do this, and uh, uh, and, and never being quiet to listen to what the Lord wants to do. Uh, see, being meek, uh, which is being a quiet and, and uh, teachable spirit, right? So it's quiet on the inside. That means you can hear the Lord. Yeah. What does he want to do? Amen. Uh, and the church is so, so quick to judge and so quick to condemn and so quick to beat up uh, and, and do the things. And maybe the Lord wants to have mercy, right? Anybody remember the story of Jonah? What was Jonah's problem? Uh, they told them to go down to Nineveh, right? And what, what, was, what was Nineveh's problem? They are wicked people, right? Wicked people. Uh, some of the worst people in the history of people. Uh, and, and the Lord said, you go preach to them. And, and Jonah's like, I ain't doing that. 
Okay, he said, I bet if I go, you'll have mercy on them. And I don't want them. I want to all burn, right? I don't bury in the backyard. I want all of them to, to, to be shot and break their kneecaps, you know, and just, you know, that was Jonah. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of Jonas around today, right? Uh, burn them all, Lord, and kill the rest. And, 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 um, and so he wouldn't go. Of course, we know the story, right? Finally, he repented and went, and, and sure enough, what happened? They repented and Jonah was very happy that, that Nineveh repented, right? And the Lord had mercy on him. No, he was mad. I told you you would have mercy on him. See, what's wrong with you? Uh, well, see, that's the way the church is today, right? A lot of, time, a lot of times the Lord wants to have mercy on somebody, uh, right? Mercy, you know, who's mercy for? It's only for the guilty. The innocent never needs mercy, right? You know that, right? You know, it, mercy is only for those that have done wrong, which means we all need mercy, amen? Uh, but... Uh, except for the few perfect people that are out there. Well, I've never done nothing wrong. Like, well, you need mercy just for saying that, right? Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes, it, you know, sometimes you know, mercy is, is sovereign. It just uh, by its very nature, it has to be sovereign. It's not something that's earned or by faith or requested. It's the Lord chooses to give mercy if he chooses to give mercy. Uh, and so uh, the Lord may many times choose to have mercy on somebody. Uh, and, and who are we to, to argue with that? Amen. And yet... Uh, many times we've already decided, OK, they've done this wrong. So, you know, they've got to do this. They've got to do that, you know, do all these things uh, and get the pound of flesh and, uh, you know, fire them. And I mean, just terrible things, you know, that we want to do to people all the time. And it's not that we don't have to deal with things. We do have to deal with things, but we should deal with things. Because he said uh, in Galatians 6, 1, brethren, if a man be taken overtaken in a fault. Uh, well, what fault is that? He doesn't specify. Right. So, it, well, well, it's only for these things over here. But it doesn't specify. So it could be for anything, right? Uh, and so how do you know? We, we wait on the Lord. We, in, a, in, a, in a meek spirit, we are quiet and teachable. The Lord will show us what we should do in that situation. Amen. As opposed to, well, shoot them all. Uh, uh, he said, ye which are spiritual. Well, that right there disqualifies a great percentage of the church, right? Yeah. Ye which are spiritual. Restore such a one. So the, what's the goal? Restoration. It's restoration, right? The goal is not punishment. The goal is restoration. Amen. Uh, now you may have to do whatever punishment, you know, the Lord may say, well, they need to go and do this. They need to go and repent. They need to go, you know, whatever the thing is, if the Lord says they need to do something that may be part of it. But the ultimate goal is to restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. See, I've got to go with a quiet uh, and teachable spirit because I've not walked their path. I don't know what they've yeah. gone through. I don't know what what caused them to do that. You know, and I know at the end of the day, it's all our choice. I understand that. But. You know, if the pressure's there every day, if the pressure's to sin or to do this every day, I'm not under that pressure, but they are. Now, now I understand, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, I don't live by excuse, right? A lot of people say, well, it, it's not my fault. Everything you do is your fault, right? Uh, now, uh, the other person encouraging you to do that is also that fault, right? Uh, and so it's not that they get a, a buy because you, you made the wrong choice. They still have something to do with it. And they will have to answer for their own actions. Uh, but he said, uh, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. See, I want to go when when there's somebody in a fault. I want to go with a quiet uh, and uh, a quiet and teachable spirit. So when I get in a situation, Lord, what do you want to do? What, what, do you, what do you want to do in this situation, Lord? Because it's not about me. You know, I, I was with a fellow one time and he was just reading me the right act. You're a terrible pastor. You're a horrible person, you know. Everybody you follow is wrong. What you what, what they run the church is wrong. What you're doing over here is wrong. And, and I mean, just list me all the things that I'm doing wrong in the church. Uh, and, and as he's as he's telling me these things, you know, I just got quiet in my heart. And so all I all I was heard in natural realm was blah 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 right because he's just saying all these things you know. But I'm just in my heart, Lord. What do you want? What do you want me to say to him, Lord? Uh, and. and you know, the, one of the saddest things uh, uh, the Lord ever said is there's nothing to say to him. Uh, now, that's sad. When, when, when the, the creator of the universe says there's nothing I can say to this person to help them. That's a, that's a sad moment for them. Not for me, for them. Because, I mean, they, what they say, because they're saying all that, I'm thinking, but I'm somebody loved by him. See, that's what I'm thinking. You, know, you may say all these things, but he loves me. You, know, you may not love me, but he loves me. So, you know, that's just blah, 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 blah. And so I'm thinking, Lord, uh, what can I what can I say to them to help them? And there's nothing. I mean, you can you imagine that there's nothing that can be said to this human being in this moment in time that can help them. Right. 
Uh, and so, because my, my desire, uh, in fact, at the end of it, I said, well, I, you know, I really hope that you can find someone that can help you. Because I couldn't help him. Uh, and, and then we left, and that was the end of that relationship. Uh, but that's not on me, it was on him. Uh, and so, uh, he said, uh, in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, let us also be tempted. Uh, one of the things I have observed about people, when they're the hardest, you know, with, uh, preaching hard against something, whatever it is, I can guarantee you that person will be tempted to do that very thing. And how many ministers, how many Christians have I heard the testimony of that the very thing I was the hardest on people about was the very thing I ended up doing? Well, why is that? Well, it's a, it's a law. It's a law of sowing and reaping. If you sow bitterness and anger because somebody does something, not ha- trying to restore them but to punish them, that, that, that opens the door for the devil to come and do the exact same temptation to you. And you may go w- wake up one day and go, what in the world? How did I get here? Well, you've, you've violated Galatians 6. One. The Lord didn't do it to you. You did it on your own, right? He said, be careful about those things. So having a, a quiet and teachable spirit allows you to hear from the Lord in these situations. Well, Lord, what do you want to do? First thing I always do in every situation is, Lord, uh, is it possible to have mercy? Because I always found that's always a good way to start any, any situation with people trying to help them is, Lord, it, it, can I? Because sometimes you can't, right? Sometimes you've got to say, you know, you just need to move on. Uh, and that's fine. But uh, but if you can, uh, I always try to find mercy. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so we talked a couple of other ways about uh, having meekness. So having a, a quiet and teachable spirit means I have the ability to hear from Lord and be taught by him about what I should do in every circumstance. Instead of me deciding, well, I know the word of God and, you know, thus saith the Lord, you know, uh, I, I, how many people have you heard say, well, I handed them over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh. I always love that one. It's like, Wow, really? And they say it with that kind of attitude. I handed them over to Satan. You know, like there's some, some important, you know, like Paul the Apostle. And never having read 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and 2, where Paul said, I did it with tears and anguish of heart. And if, if you're not handing somebody over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh with tears and anguish of heart, you are not a meek person. And you're not doing it to help them. You're doing it to prove how important and spiritual you are, I suppose. I don't know. It's embarrassing sometimes what we, what we hear from the pulpit, right? Uh, and so, uh, so meekness is a great tool in dealing with other people. It's to your advantage to, to, to develop meekness in your life because then you are a person who can be qualified to be a Galatians 6.1 person. You can be a Jonah, right? The Lord can use you because, you know, he was stuck with Jonah. I guess he's the only one who found that was even willing to go at all. Uh, but Jonah was not a meek person, right? And we're going to look at uh, uh, my friend Moses here in a little bit uh, who was the meekest man on the earth. Uh, the other thing, let's turn to Matthew chapter 11. The other aspect of, of meekness, if you develop it in your life, that's helpful is you have the ability to, to receive from the Lord. Yes. Uh, and so uh, uh, he said here in, in Matthew chapter 11, and I like, uh, uh, let's go and start in verse 28. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, uh, uh, how many people are, are are um, in labor and are heavy laden. But see, the, but, but the problem with, this, with that mentality is a lot of Christians are, are in labor and are heavy laden all the days of their life. But that can't be so because if, if they were really there and they came to Jesus, what would they get? They would get rest. So uh, then why aren't they getting what they're supposed to get, right? Uh, and so, because uh, if you get rest, then you're no longer under labor and he- being heavy laden. Amen. So a lot of times we love living in the first part of that without ever receiving the second part of that. I want to receive the second part so that I can be in rest. You ever, you ever been in rest? Just, what are you doing? <coughs> Nothing. Well, don't you have stuff to do? Well, I don't know. I'm just, just chilling out, right? Uh, and, and um, you know, this is an area that my wife is, is working on, right? You know, I, I have developed this in my life. Well, I can sit on the couch and there could be two, two, two pairs of dirty socks on the floor and I could be okay with it, right? I can just rest and read it. She, she's just like, when are you going to pick those up? How about now? You going to do it now? How about now? You know, uh, and so she, but this, she's working on it, right? She's working. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and uh, we've only been married 32 years, you know, so, uh, so, uh, but she'll get there. I, I have complete faith she'll get there, right? Uh, so she's, she's coming to him, right? Because she's, she's, she's in labor and heavy laden about these socks, you know. She hasn't received the rest yet, right? She, she's working on that part, right? I've received the rest. It'll be fine. It'll be all right. You know, it's, it's okay, right? Uh, and so he said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. 
I love that. Learn of Jesus. One of the, when I read the Gospels, when I'm reading the life of Jesus, I'm not just reading what he says. I'm not just reading, you know, what he does. I, I, I want to learn who he is. And that's what I want to be like. If he can be this way, then I can be this way. Because he said, learn of me. Uh, he said, uh, uh, and then he says, how did he get to where he, where he is, right? Uh, he said, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Amen. Uh, and he said, um, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Uh, and so, so Jesus said that he's meek. And, and so what you find is meek and lowly in heart. That word lowly in heart is the same word translated as humility. Lots of other places in the Bible. And so you always find those two, not always, but a lot of times you find meek, meekness and humility together. And so we need to find out what the combination is. Why, why those two things are together? Because uh, what we find, what we'll find here in a little bit is humility is a path to meekness. So you, meekness is a fruit. So it's a result of some other action. Uh, and the action that precedes meekness of being a quiet and teachable spirit is the uh, act of faith of uh, being in uh, humility. Uh, and so we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Then he finished up and says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, and verse 30 ha, has ruined more religious uh, uh, misunderstanding than any other verse, I think, in the New Testament. Right. For my yoke is easy. and My burden is light. You ever heard people say it's the hardest thing being a Christian? It's so hard being a Christian. You got to be good all the time, you know, and you can't and you can't cuss just when you want to, just when nobody's looking, you know, uh, and, and you got it's just so hard being a Christian. What did Jesus say? My yoke is what? Easy. easy and my burden is what? It's the easiest thing in the world being Christian. Easy. And I say it all the time. It's the easiest thing in the world being a Christian. It's easy to walk in faith. Easy to walk in righteousness. Easy to walk out of sin. Stay out of sin. It's the easiest thing in the world. Amen. What's hard is, is being driven by the devil, right? Because uh, he's a taskmaster. Amen. So is it, is it easy being a Christian? That's what he said. My yoke is easy. So my yoke, you know, what, remember what a yoke is, right? Johnny knows what a yoke is. Uh, 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 you've got to plow the North 40. You'll get a yoke. You put it on a mule, and, and the mule drags you around the, 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 uh, the yard there, right? Uh, and and you're, in theory, you're controlling the mule by the yoke, right? You get a, uh, it's mule or oxen or you know, donkey, whatever it is you're, you've got there. And the yoke is there to direct the mule, right? Yeah. So you all are mules, right? Yeah. Uh, we're all mules, right? Uh, and so... So the yoke is there to direct and, and to change our course, right? That's the point, right? He leads us and guides in all truth by his spirit. That's the yoke of the Lord. The yoke is the Holy Spirit. The yoke is, I want to direct you in all your ways. Amen. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you get a stubborn mule and you pull on the rein and it won't move, right? And, and, and so usually what happens, you jerk the slack. You ever heard the phrase jerk the slack out of somebody? That's what it's talking about. You take that slack out of it because if they're, if they're really a good mule, you can barely tug on it. You leave the slack, you know, on the yoke, and they just, they just know exactly what to do. They're well-trained, right? Every now and you get a, either one that's untrained or one that's not very bright, and, and you're jerking all the time, on, you know, and, uh, and done the same thing. Anybody wrote, ridden horses, right? You get a well-trained horse, you know, you, you go up to East Tennessee, you go up to, you know, like the Gatlinburg, and you get on the horse trails, uh, and, and, you know, the horse has done this 10,000 times. I mean, if there was no rain, it just like, it just, you know, lop along and it knows exactly where to go you, uh, you know you think you're in control but you're not doing nothing really the horse already knows where to go it's done it so many times uh, and not that we need to be a broken down old uh, mule or anything uh, but uh, but the yoke is there to direct our path right he said it's easy though see he's not going to be jerking on you right if you if you resist the yoke he'll just wait he's not going to jerk on you and be hard on you and put disease on you and sickness and on you to to teach you how to listen to him he said his yoke is easy. So it's not a painful yoke. It's not too tight and it's not, not, not jerking on you all the time. And he said his burden is light. Oh, the burden of, the, of being a Christian is so hard, you know. I, I told you about the, I was in a, a, a revival of all things. They called it a revival. It's like maybe they need to rename it. But the, the preaching, the lady was up there preaching. She said, oh, the devil's been on my back all week long. And so, and, you know, and, and she, was, she literally bent over. And complaining about how hard the devil was in her life. And, I'm, and, you know, I was raising my hand going, no, they didn't really raise my hand, but, you know, in my heart, I raised my hand. I wanted to ask a question. Why are you letting the devil run on, ride on you? Kick him off, aren't you? Don't you have the keys of, of death, hell, and the grave? Didn't Jesus take, take authority over the devil now? Why are you let? I mean, and she just, you know, and everyone's like going, oh, you're right. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. Everybody's crying. And I'm thinking, I was crying, but not for the same reason. It's like, this is terrible. 
Then you're doing it. This is a terrible example of a His yoke is, his burden is light. Yes. You know, you ever put on just a light jacket? You know, it's like, it's just, it's just you put it on. Wow, this thing's like, it's like cloud. It's like a cloud jacket. It's just so nice, nice and light and fluffy. And, you know, and, and, and he said, now we've got burdens. His burden is our responsibilities. We've got things to do. But he said, it's light. Easiest thing in the world to be a Christian. Easiest thing in the world to walk in the righteousness of God. Easiest thing in the world to do what he asks us to do. Anybody who says otherwise has never met the Lord Jesus. Uh, you think, well, have you ever met him? Because didn't he say this right here? See, this, this has destroyed more religious thoughts. You know, this one little short verse 30 has destroyed more religious thoughts, you know, than, than probably uh, 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 so much of what Jesus said. Uh, and yet we totally ignore these three verses in the church many times. Right? Oh, it's so hard being a Christian. Oh, it's so hard, you know. I can never get rest. I can never be at rest. I'm just always anxious all the time. I just, I just never can be at ease. And he said he'll give you rest. So either he's lying or you've not done your part, right? Because he said, come to me. Well, have you come to him? Well, you know, I just, I figured if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. That's not the deal. He said, you've got to come to him. Isn't that the deal? That's the deal, right? Well, I don't want it that way. Well, that's not, that's, that's the deal, right? The deal is the deal. Uh, many times we want to change the word. Well, Lord, I want a different deal. Well, there's not a Bible 2.0, right? This is just the, the Bible that we've got. So if you labor and are heavy laden, he will give you rest. If you have rest, you are no longer under labor and, and, and under heavy laden, right? right. Uh, and so uh, this, is, this is what you're supposed to be before. Your testimony was, I used to be uh, uh, in labor and heavy laden, but now I have rest. See, that's the testimony, right? Uh, and so take my yoke upon you. So who does the taking? <coughs> Who's responsible for taking the yoke? So the Lord never tells me what to do. Well, you've not taken the yoke. He, the, the yoke's hanging on the, on the rack there. You know, you go to, uh, what do they call it, a, a tack, you know, uh, uh, all the, all, uh, if Jerry was here, he'd tell me because he's got horses, right? He's got a, a tack shop there and he's got all the stuff, all the stuff hanging on the wall there, right? He's got all the reins and all the, the saddles and everything hanging on the walls there. And, yeah, and, and, um, uh, but if it's sitting on a wall, it's not doing any good. There's a lot of people have got yokes hang, hanging on the wall. Beautiful yoke, you know, all leather, you know, got all kind of embroidery stuff on it. You know, I don't know what you do with stuff like that, but, but uh, they're beautiful. Not doing any good sitting on a wall. He said, take my yoke upon me. Lord, I want you to tell me what to do. I want you to direct my path. I want every, every step of the rest of my life, I want you to instruct me. And if you'll do that, I'll live in rest and live in peace all the days of my life. Uh, and he said, learn of me. See, Jesus had a yoke. He, he said, I can do nothing of myself. I only do what I, what I see my father doing. See, he only did what somebody else told him to do. Uh, he wasn't sitting there going, well, this is what I'm going to do. He never did that. He said, well, I'm on this earth. He said, I'm only doing what I'm told to do. Uh, and and so, so learn of me. You know, I think he did okay for himself, don't you? Yes. I, I think he was pretty successful, don't you? Uh, for I am meek and lonely. You see, he's had a quiet and teachable spirit. Yes. See, if he wasn't quiet, he could never hear from heaven. A lot of people, they never hear from heaven because on the inside, they've already decided everything in the world. Well, this person will be that. Well, that person, I don't like that. You know, this person ought to be that. You know, this person ought to be shot. That person, you know, uh, they've already decided everything. And, and the Lord's like, but, but he can't, you ever, you ever talk to somebody, can't get a word in edgewise, you know? And so you just sit there and just, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and really I've just listened to people and they get done leaving. Man, that was a great conversation. It's like, I didn't really say anything. I mean, you know, I, I listened for a long time, but, you know, they, oh, man, you're so easy to talk to, you know. Uh, I guess so, because if I don't say anything, you know, you just, just keep on talking, right? Uh, but Jesus had, a, Jesus had a quiet and teachable spirit, right? Uh, and and uh, uh, you remember the, the woman caught in the very act of adultery in, in John chapter 9? You know, they, they, you know they, I wonder who he's writing on the ground. You know, he's probably writing a bunch of losers, you know, but uh, we don't know what he's writing on the ground. But I think he was writing on the ground so that he could have time to be quiet and listen to what the Lord wanted him to say. Uh, and he gave the perfect answer, right? He mo the most perfect answer of anything uh, because they really had got him in a catch-22 there. Uh, and so, so meekness and, and lowliness of heart go together. And the only way that you're going to be able to receive from the Lord, uh, which, is, you know, in this case, we get rest. Uh, we get the yoke, we get the a light burden, uh, is to be meek. Amen. So uh, if you want to learn how to receive the most from the Lord, 
then learn how to have a quiet and teachable spirit. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, and then, uh, let's see. Oh, oh, yeah, we got just a, well, we'll just finish up this and we'll, we'll get into humility uh, next week. But um, turn over to James chapter 1. James chapter, 20, uh, James chapter 1, it says in verse 21, it says, Lay apart, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. When was the last time you used that in a, in a sentence, right? Uh, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. I'm going to read the amplified version of that verse there. It says, So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness, and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. So, so uh, James is telling us here that there, that there are sometimes things that you've got to get, get rid of, right? Lay apart, right? And, of course, he, he gives these $64 words, uh, all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness or excess, right, of sinfulness. Uh, and now who's he writing this to? We're in the church, right? Is, is, there, is there any filthiness going on in the church? Is there any excess of sinfulness going on in the church? Well, sure. Did James said you're all doomed to hell? No, he, now he's talking to the church, right? Uh, and, and it's amazing to me how many self-righteous people are. Well, I ain't going to that church. There's hypocrites there. Uh, have you ever read the Bible? I mean, the Bible is full. And then this, we're in the New Testament, right? Born-again people, spirit-filled, tongue-talking people have got uh, filthiness and excess of sinfulness. Well, I ain't never going to that church again. Well, you know, I'm, go, I'm going to go wait till the church is perfect. Well, I'm hoping you're not holding your breath because, you know, uh, it ain't going to happen, right? Now, do we, do we approve of this? Do we accept it as, well, that's just the way it is? No, because what did James tell us to do? Get rid of it, right? Uh, and so if you're doing this, what should you do? Get rid of it, right? Uh, and how much of it should you get rid of? He said all of it, right? Uh, and so, uh, and again, see, as a, as a, uh, if you can develop meekness, in your life, uh, you can see the sin that goes on in people's lives and not get all upset about it. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, they get around any sin at all and they get so self-righteous and so mad and so condescending and so condemning mm-hmm. that they can never help anybody. Yeah. You know, we never approve of sin, do we? We never say it's okay. We never excuse it. Well, they just have a hard life. You know, uh, we never excuse sin at all, ever. Right. Uh, and that's the balance the church needs to find is we, we can't seem to find the balance. Either we accept all sin. Well, they just have to, they just have needs. Right. Or we condemn them all to hell. Well, you know, they're not perfect like me. And so they're all going to die and burn in hell because they made a mistake the other day. Uh, what did Jesus say to the woman caught in that very act of adultery? Going what? Sin no more. He said, neither what? I condemn you. Did he condemn her? No. Did he acknowledge that it was sin? He did. But, but he didn't condemn her. That's the balance the church really struggles to find. They, I, I've had people kind of imply to me that I'm easy on sin. Uh, in fact, I, I remember one minister just slammed her, you know, really dramatic, you know, we got to preach hard against sin, right? Uh, and just, you know, because uh, that makes it more dramatic, right? If we, if we hammer on the, and I don't really want to hammer this because I don't want to break my podium, you know, and so, uh, but, but what does Galatians 5.16 say? Walk in the spirit and what? You'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the problem with the church is we spend way too much time on condemning your sin and not nearly enough time but teaching you how to walk in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, how much uh, flesh are you going to walk in? None. Zero. He said if, you, if you'll walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's what Paul said, right, in Galatians 5, 16. Uh, so we need to be spending more time in the church telling you how to walk in the spirit, uh, which is, you know, includes uh, walking in meekness, right? So, uh, so James is telling us, lay, lay this all aside. So sometimes you've got to recognize, first of all, that what you're doing is wrong. Now, you know, there are plenty of people in church, I ain't doing nothing wrong. I'll never do nothing wrong. Really? Uh, that's amazing, right? You're, you're, I'm so impressed with you. Uh, and, but he said, lay it apart, lay it aside, get rid of it. And, re, and that's all he said. Now, other James talks about other things plenty of times too, right? But, but he isn't, he's not dwelling on the sin. He's saying, in order to get to where you want to be, you're going to have to get rid of that sin. And sometimes you, there's things. Now, these are, this is all filthiness, right? Uh, you know, if you eat one too many fries, I mean, that's, you know, that's probably gluttony or, you know, or, or lack, of, lack of, uh, of moderation. But it probably doesn't rank the level of filthiness, right? 
Uh, and, and I'm not even talking about not washing your hands before you eat, right? That's not kind of filthy. He's just talking about, just talking about spiritual filthiness. Uh, and excess of sinfulness, that's pretty, that's pretty tough right there, right? But he said, sometimes you've got to get rid of things so that you can get to the second half of this verse and receive with meekness the engrafted word. So, again, we're receiving from the Lord because we're meek. And what are we receiving in this case? We're receiving the engrafted word. And it's, the word engrafted just means it's planted in your heart, right? Uh, and so, uh, in order to be able to receive the word, we have to be meek. But sometimes, in order to get to that point, there are some things we need to remove out of our lives. Uh, you know, that, the, the Bible never helps me at all. Well, you're pro- then you're probably telling off on yourself in verse 21, right? Because he said, if you, if you will get rid of some things, and, and well, what's the list? It's the list that the Spirit of God tells you to get rid of, right? Uh, it's not my job to run around and point everybody else's sins out. Well, you got this, you got that, you got that. I mean, if you want a list, I can give you all a list. But, uh, but uh, it's best handled with the Spirit of God. Yes. Because there are things that you're doing that nobody else knows you're doing. That, and, and even in a court of law, they would never judge you as being guilty of anything because it's, it's a spiritual issue. And, but between you and the Lord? I, you know, I can't tell you how many times the Lord had just gotten on my case about how I talked to my wife, you know. Uh, just, I mean, just little things, right? It's just all the times, you know, that right there. Now, no, nobody would ever say anything about it, you know, except for him. And I can't tell you how many times, that right there, he said, remove it out of your life. Uh, get rid of it. Uh, and so uh, if you'll do that, see, then you can receive the engrafted word with a quiet and teachable spirit. See, I want to receive the word of God with a quiet and teachable spirit. A lot of times when the word of God goes forth, I don't believe that. That ain't so. You know what that is? That is not a quiet and teachable spirit. So that's somebody who already knows everything there is to know. And they, they second guess to the word. You know, I love the word of God. The word of God is, is the answer to all the world's problems. Yeah. Every problem mankind has had can be solved with the word of God. Now, every problem you've ever had can be solved with the word of God. But it can only be done so if you will receive that word of God with a quiet and teachable spirit. And because so, sometimes that word's got to percolate in your heart. You know what I'm saying? Just it, it's got to sit there and you got to think about it and meditate on it. And go, Lord, you know, there's something there. There's something there about uh, about re, about uh, uh, what you said in Matthew 11:29 about uh, finding rest for my soul. There, there's something there about that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And sometimes that's got to it's got to work over and over in your heart. And finally, you go, you know, Lord, I, I see that now. But see, if you don't have a quiet and teachable spirit, uh, you'll miss so much of the word. It'll go right through you. Just you, you'll, the word of God will come to you in revelation. And you go, yeah, I already know that. And you'll miss the whole thing. Or you go, I don't believe that. So, you know, that's not for today. Uh, and just and, and the word of God will just keep right on going. But he said, if you'll receive it with a with a quiet and, and teachable spirit, What's the result? He said uh, in, at the end of verse 20, it'll save your souls. Now, that, that's a big thing. And, uh, you know, I really believe that at some point I need to teach just on that phrase, save your souls, because it's not talking about your spirit, man. It's specifically talking about your, your soul, your mind, your will and your emotions. Uh, and uh, one of the other definitions or uh, translations of the word save is to make whole, uh, to make whole all of your your mind, your will and your emotions. You know, there's so many broken uh, souls in the church that their emotions are all out of whack and their thought life is all out of whack and, and, and uh, their will is all out of whack, just, just all messed up, right? They, they don't know how to just be at peace and how to relax or how to enjoy anything. You know, you ever know people just, they can't enjoy anything. Uh, hey, you want to go get a cup of coffee? Well, you know, just, just they can't just enjoy being around people they can't enjoy just eating a eating a meal they can't enjoy going and doing things and uh, they just don't know how to how to have any uh, happiness in their life and a lot of it is because their souls are so broken now not your spirits if you're born again your spirits made in the image and likeness of god sealed by the holy ghost until the day of redemption you have no errors in your spirit no problems in your spirit you're 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 on your way to heaven and all is well in your spirit man but your soul, which is primarily your mind, your will, and your emotions, is a mess. Uh, and, and if it's not made whole by the word, see, what's the, how do you do it? By the word of God. The word of God, the engrafted word, can make your soul completely whole. Where you're just not angry all the time and mad all the time and touchy all the time and, and fretful all the time and worried all the time and sleepless all the time. And, you know, that, that's having a soul that's, that's just messed up. And he said the, the answer is, 
the word of God. That's, and that's why I love the word of God. Amen. Because when I got saved, I remember uh, first reading the word of God, never had read the Bible, got saved when I was 15, started reading the word of God. And, I, and, I, and early on, I came to the conclusion, all my problems are found somewhere in these two, in, in, in the, in, in the, between the front cover and the back cover of this book. Uh, and I don't know where they are, but I know they're somewhere in here. Uh, and, and, and that's a pretty short distance, right? I mean, my Bible is as thick as it is. It's only about an inch and a half thick, uh, maybe two inches, you know. I mean, we, you know, we can get a ruler if you want to measure it. But in those two inches, all your, all your answers are found right there, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and he said that if you do that, that it'll save and make whole your soul. Don't, wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be nice to have a soul and a mind and, and emotions that are just at ease all the time, yeah. happy all the time? You know, some people, it's just, you, you ever see them, they just, uh, you, you know that, uh, you remember that one Peanuts character, that, the, uh, what they call him, um, uh, the one that had the pig pen, pig pen yeah, <laughs> uh, had, had the, that, that cloud of dust always around them with him all the time, right? Well, there's some people like that, except it's over their head. Everywhere they go, there's this gray cloud over their head. Like, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing okay, you know. Uh, isn't it, you know, I like, well, it's going to rain sometime, you know. I mean, it's like, wow, you know, it's like, well, hey, I got a race. Yeah, but it wasn't very much, you know. I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, just... There's nothing's good enough. Uh, and they can't be happy about anything. Uh, and their soul is broken. Amen. See, we can have joy in everything. He, he said we can have all joy. Amen. See, I want to live in all joys all the time. I'm happy all the time. You know, I mean, you know, there's once or twice I'm not happy. You know? But for the most part, I'm pretty happy all the time. Amen. And some people just, I can't stand you just because you're happy all the time. Right. They don't, even, they, they, they don't like me just because I'm that way. Uh, and well, that's, that's, you know, uh, their, their problem right there, right? So, so one of the great advantages of learning how to have a quiet and teachable spirit is the word of God come into you and he'll start saying, you know, that, that thought right there, you, you can get rid of that thought. Really, Lord? See, see, then when that song comes out that, that, uh, who am I? I'm somebody that's loved by him. See, I, I believe that with all that, you know, some people hear that song go, wouldn't that be nice to think like that? I mean, what do you mean? It's true whether you believe it or not, right? Doesn't he love you? That's who I am. Somebody that's loved by him. Amen. See, that, that, I think about myself all the time like that. Well, who am I? I'm, I'm a child of the living God. A king, you know, the, the greatest king died for me, shed his blood for me. That's what I think about me. I don't think I'm somebody special or important. I think somebody really thought enough about me to do the greatest act of kindness for me. And you don't like me, but, but he, look what he did for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. you may never even do nothing for me, but he did the most that he could ever do for me. So yeah. I don't ever think bad about myself. You don't ever think bad about yourself. I don't think bad about myself because I know who I am. I'm somebody that's loved by him. Amen. Yeah. But see, I didn't, I didn't start out that way. I got that way because I allowed the word of God to come into me and go, you know, he really does love me. He really does think a lot of me. Amen. Um, and, and see, my soul uh, is no longer fractured and, and, and broken and, and, and full of anguish. It's made whole. Uh, and uh, uh, I've got a very, I think I've got a very sound mind. Just, you know, the Lord loves me and that's all I need to know. Amen. But see, that path comes through the path of meekness, right? Yeah. Having a quiet and teachable spirit where when the word of God comes in the quiet times and you can read that word and go, you know, there's really something to that. There's, it really does work, right? People that, you know, that, that Bible stuff that, you know, uh, it's not real. Well, that's your loss. It's 100% real. Amen. You know, it's real if you don't even believe it's real. I don't believe Jesus is coming back. Doesn't matter. He's coming back. You know? yeah. I don't believe any of that stuff. It still doesn't matter. It's all so. Amen. And so, uh, so uh, I, I wanted to, to show you the value of being meek. First of all, you know how to deal with people. Secondly, you know how to receive from the Lord. And if you can develop that meekness in your life, which is a fruit of the Spirit, see, then you get the blessings of not only the inheritance of the earth, you get the, all the blessings of whatever the blessings are, which is everything. Uh, and uh, you can live a life that's, that has a mind and a soul and emotions that are stable and happy and full all the time. Amen. Yeah. And so how do we get there? Well, we're not going to get there today because we're going to get there uh, through uh, learning how to be humble. Amen. Yeah. So because meekness is a result of something else. A lot of times people pursue, well, I want to be this. But they don't do it the way the, the Lord wants us to do it, right? So we get that as a fruit or as a result of something else. The path to meekness is the path through humility. And we'll have to look at that next week. Amen. Uh, and so, but I want to encourage you all. You know, one of the things that's most helpful in the word of God is even if you're not living all of that, even if, you know, because the word of God always says, here's the best you can be. 
here's where you can live. A, a soul that is completely made whole. That's where you could be. See, that's 100%. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, we're way down here. But the thing that we need to get to is the hope of, well, then I can get there. See, see a lot of folks say, well, I'm not there, so I guess it's, it's not for me. That, that's the wrong attitude. The attitude should be, well, Lord, if I can really get there, then I'm going to find out how to do it. Whatever it takes, Lord, I'm going to find out how to do that. And that's always been my approach with the Word of God. I can't tell you how many times I've read the Word and said, Lord, I'm so far from that verse, it's almost embarrassing how far away from this verse that I really am. When you say I can live like this, and I'm not anywhere close to that. And so then I start talking about, so how are we going to get there, Lord? How are you and I together going to get to where James 121 is real in my life, where I can live, where my soul is completely made whole, my mind, my will, and my emotions are all uh, are solid and stable and happy and exactly where they're supposed to be. How are we going to get there, Lord? And see, that's a, that's, uh, that is the value of being meek because then he can speak to you and say, here's the step number one. Uh, do this thing right here. And, and he may never, never tell you anything else other than step one until you do it. You know, a lot of times we want a whole roadmap. We want the Lord to tell us everything. He may only tell you one thing. You know, quit saying this or quit doing that or you know, what did James uh, 121 say at the beginning? Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. See, there may be things that that uh, uh, that you just got to get rid of, you know. And now you don't have to stand in front of it. Hey, I get rid of all superfluity of naughtiness. And be like, what are you talking about? What words are you using? Right. Uh, nobody's used the word superfluity. You know, uh, it, it sounds like an engineering word to me, you know, but I don't think it really is. And so. Uh, but uh, there's great value in doing these things. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you that you, you left us a great example about how to live. And we can live, Father, a life that, that's without a burden, with an easy yoke, Father. The easiest thing in the world to follow you. It's not hard. It's not difficult. Father, it's the easiest thing in the world to follow you if we will live our lives with meekness, Father. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we give you all the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this this morning's tithes and offerings. You know, one of the things that I always strive to do is uh, more than anything, I want people to see there's great value in following the word of God, that uh, that they want to see the word of God. Well, Lord, I, that's what I want. Uh, and that's what, I, what more than anything, I want people to see the word of God and see, uh, well, Lord, I, that's the way I want to be. I want to be what the word says I can be. Amen. And, you know, th- th- it's not even hard to get there. It's just, uh, you know, it'll take you the rest of your life working on it. But, it, but it's not like the Lord's trying to make it difficult and tricky and, and, and uh, uh, hard to understand. It's the easiest thing in the world. Amen. Uh, if his word is so, it's the easiest thing in the world. Amen. Uh, and so, well, praise God. Well, let's, uh, uh, Jared, come ahead and receive the offering. Uh, and um, uh, uh, we want to make sure that we tell our folks online that if they want to uh, participate in giving, they can go to our website, which is uh, listed on the video there. And uh, you can give uh, through the website there. Uh, some people use, uh, it's a, called Tidely. It's an app on your phone. Uh, you can download that and, um, uh, and then you can give to the church directly that way as well. So uh, however you want to do it, if you want to uh, uh, do it some other way, you know, uh, you can tell me how you want to do it right, no problem. Um, but we appreciate you all's faithfulness and giving, amen? Uh, the Lord is good to us and, and it's, a, it's a small thing for us to give of our natural means for Him blessing us, Amen. Uh, so don't forget, we have uh, healing school today at three o'clock and um, we won't be here Wednesday, uh, but we'll be back here at the same building uh, next Sunday. Amen. And someday we get to move back into our church, right? <laughs> we'll get there. All right. We'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week. And Lord, you're dismissed.